Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsViews.com, and I'm in the studio today with Amy Oztan of SelfishMom.com. Hello. Hi, Amy. And Andrea Smith, who is back, our technology guru. Hello. (laughs) Yay. Yay. We are so happy to have Andrea back, and we are all in studio together, which is a total treat. And we are going to jump in. Amy and I actually are coming off a parenting conference where we were for... I, I was there for days. five days. How many yeah, days were you there? I was there for four yeah. um, in Atlanta. And I have to say, so the hotel, we were at the Grand Hyatt in Buckhead. Which was awesome. Which is gorgeous. And there was one morning I woke up and it had storm the night before, like the craziest thunder you ever heard. And I looked out the window of the hotel and all the trees in the distance were like covered in fog. And mm-hmm. It was so walking dead. <laughs> They're coming. The zombies are here. They're here. But no, instead it was a lot of women dressed up in Disney costumes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll definitely post I pictures of I saw some of those costume. pictures of Amy's costume. I have mean. to say my costume was a hit. It was. I was Darla from uh, Finding Nemo and I had like the fake teeth with the braces and the loved pigtails. It. I and loved I, it. We know. have to post that picture. Yeah, we're going to post that picture because it is almost Halloween. And if you're still looking for a costume, well, you could make your baby Nemo. Okay, and then you could dress up like Darla. Well, buy, but don't shake your baby in the in the bag. No, um, no buy, put your baby in a baby carrier. By, by the time this episode is up, I will have published my Darla costume tutorial on SelfishMom.com. Uh, totally putting a link to that. Yeah. Oh, All right, gotta so check it out. You too can be a grown woman dressed like Darla. It was, it was fun. <laughs> so today on the show, we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to start with a whole segment about mobile. We're going to talk about mobile etiquette based on a new study that came out from Pew. Isn't every study come out from Pew? Uh, yes. They do a lot they of They do studies, a lot, but you know yeah. what? They don't survey so many people when you read the fine print, so I'm always <laughs> interested in that, too. Um, and then we're going to talk about an article in the New York Times about compulsive texting taking a toll on teenagers. So we're going to have that whole little mobile segment together because they're sort of of the same piece. Um, and our second topic, we're going to talk about a post in HuffPo this past week about how Gen Xers went from being sort of the free 70s kids to somehow being the helicopter parent. <laughs> and we're going to talk about if that's true. Um, and I and her entire classification of Gen X in the first place, it was very interesting. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll have our Bites of the Week. So let's jump in and talk about mobile etiquette and compulsive texting, <laughs> which is not kind of good redundant. I, I'm going to put my phone so down now gonna, so that I can... call Amy out and be like, <laughs> you guys, if you could only see Amy here on her phone. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't texting, though. I was looking at my Bite of the Week. I'm done. So I'm going to sort of do a little bit of background, just shoot out some stats yeah. from this Pew Research Center study. 92% of Americans now own mobile phones. 90% said that is a constant companion. We are always on. And it's what's interesting is they consider etiquette is a combination of manners and principles, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's not just whether you have good or bad manners. It's also what you believe and what you follow that sort of defines etiquette. Hmm. Um, 90% of the 3,217 people interviewed said they had used their phone at a recent social gathering, and 86% said that somebody else had used their own device. So, I I mean, I believe it because they're reading messages, just texting or email. They took a photo or video. They sent a message, received an incoming call, which 
that one is weird to me because who calls anymore? <laughs> um, so these are old people they did. Check to see if they received alerts, which I also think is funny. It's people just looking at their phone hoping something came in. That's why I like my Microsoft Band. It just comes quietly to my wrist. <laughs> um, but it's interesting that it most of it was, and obviously they're also counting taking video or photos at the occasion. Yeah, that's weird. Which I thought was really a giant waste because, like, duh. I mean, Everybody that me, does that, That doesn't though. seem rude to yeah. me, that you're yeah. pulling out your phone, you're at a wedding, you're at a graduation, you're at, and you're taking a picture. Right. Yeah. Is that rude? I don't think so. I don't no, think it's that's normal. Unless the bride specifically well, says yeah. no pictures and no videos. Right. I have but. to say at a wedding, if I had gotten married now, I mean, in 1998, this wasn't really an issue, but it, you know, if I were getting married now, I would tell people, I don't want my photographer taking right. pictures of all of you guys taking pictures right. of me as I'm going down the aisle. Put them away. Right. But you know what? When At my wedding, and back when I got married, which was also 1998, um, you had disposable cameras at every yeah, table. Yeah, every table. Because you wanted people taking all those pictures. And now... At the reception. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 But now yeah. think of all the great pictures you get of your wedding. Yeah, that, like, and people are able to know? send them. Like, I remember at my wedding, we had all the disposable cameras on the table, and then we collected them. Then we had to send them off and, and pay all this money to maybe yeah. get five fun shots, you know? And now, now everyone is just emailing you your pictures. No, no, there are these great apps where, like, everybody goes on to the, the, the wedding mm-hmm. site, and all of the pictures are aggregated. It's yep. actually quite yeah. fantastic. I know at my wedding, everybody, like, they wanted their kids to be occupied, so they gave their kids the disposable cameras. So that was money right down mm-hmm. the toilet. I had, right. like, 50 pictures of feet. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I love this. When they ask people where they think people shouldn't be doing it, Religious institutions were number one. I I mean, I haven't been in a church lately, but um, the synagogues I was in lately, they're not allowed. Hmm. I mean, not that they check your thing, but it's not even like a question. Like, you're not allowed to have your phones out. And movie theaters, I mean, duh. Kill. Okay, but Kill. duh, yes. but that's the thing, okay? And, and we can go right there. So my husband and I rarely go to the movies, ever, okay? The last time we went to the movie theater, there was a guy sitting in the front row who, as the opening credits were rolling, got a phone call. uh, And instead of even, first of all, you turn it off, okay? Mm -hmm. Second of all, if you're going to answer it, you pick it up, you go outside the hall. Third, if you pick it up and you answer it, you say, I'm in a movie, I can't talk to you. And then you hang up. Those are the three things I'll give you. Number four, which he chose, was to take the call, start the conversation, and talk about what time to order the pizza for dinner to coincide with the end of the movie, that I literally got up and went over and said, seriously, dude? You're talking on the phone? And my husband was like, oh my God, you're going to get killed. Yeah, your husband and my husband can sit together while we (laughs) yell at people in the theater. And... How can you not know that the rest of the movie theater can hear you? It is so narcissistic. I mean, right? Isn't that the bottom line about that? Like, mm-hmm. you have, like, your little world, yeah. and you're that important, and you're, mm-hmm. I mean, it is just... You want to throttle someone. Right. I mean, I always assume that those people are just real treats in real life, you know, that, right. that they're just they're just jerks. But their behavior is not okay. So I I think in that sense, you know, if I'm pulling out my phone and checking for an important work email or texting or something, that's annoying to the people around me Mm -hmm. and probably bad etiquette. And I would and I would yell at you as well. You should. You know, what's interesting is that they said the only place where like generations had a split on this whole idea of phone etiquette was actually in restaurants that Hmm. older people see it as really awful and younger people 
don't. <laughs> so I thought that was funny because 50% of millennials were okay and uh, 74% of older people said no. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. my phone's buzzing like crazy because I'm somehow, and this is segues to our next thing, so sorry listeners if you can hear my phone buzzing, but um, i am somehow been looped into a group text that is now insane <laughs> because... <laughs> well, I, I was at... As a grown-up, I'm now involved in a group text. I was oh at breakfast. <laughs> I was at breakfast the other day with two people and one of them was on her phone almost the entire time because she was in a group text that just wouldn't stop and like I think it's situational and it depends on you know how well you know the people because like we didn't care we just kept talking without her right she's got to do her thing do your thing but it it just depends on how how good friends you are with people how much leeway you give them so I don't know in some situations I think the situation too is is it important you know are you waiting for an urgent call from a school or a doctor or something or is it just I'm talking with my friends on this no I think they were figuring out plans for what was happening right after the brunch Mm -hmm. so like she you know she had stuff to do and we didn't care we just kept talking without her well the problem is is that you get added to these group texts without your permission so all of a sudden your phone just starts buzzing and everything starts buzzing and then everything's (laughs) like and you can't get out of them like a group Facebook message right so so here's how do you do it you actually go into the conversation I I only know on an iPhone but you can actually go in and do leave this conversation oh just like on Facebook or you can click which is what I just did do not disturb I was just gonna say that so all notifications from that chat are off which is what I have my daughters doing because Mm -hmm. they are involved in a group chat with 30 girls oh my god it must never stop entire age group from camp and it never <laughs> stops. Oh I mean, gosh. literally, my daughter wakes up in the morning and they're 385. Oh my God. And she just thinks it's hilarious. She's like, oh, look at that. She just kind of scrolls through. They don't even participate. They don't even read them. Total lurkers. My son is in a group, uh, a group chat on Facebook from his birthright program that he was on a few months ago, and it's this whole, you know, Facebook group, and they all message, and he wakes up to hundreds and not any same thing. Scrolls through them. But Uh I was going to say that do not disturb feature for people who don't know about it on iOS is great because if you really don't, you know, you can turn off your ringer, but it still buzzes. It's still. you know, distracting you and gathering your attention. You can turn do not disturb on, but you can also say only my emergency, like your kids or your husband or whoever can get through. So it's a really good um, feature. We do a that nighttime do not disturb on Mm -hmm. my daughter's Mm -hmm. devices. So it like shuts it all down at night. Um, even though the devices aren't in their room, but part of it was because yeah. we'd be you watching TV it. and we'd hear like yeah. ding, yeah. ding, or whatever yeah. crazy noise. The Facebook yeah. messenger. Oh, I should look yes. at that on my daughter's Android because yeah. it sits near us. You know, it's oh. not with her while she's sleeping and we hear it dinging. Yeah, you see if you can turn mode. it off. Okay. Airplane mode is the other yeah. thing you can we'll do. do or, or just turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> then one of us would have to get up turn there. Turn it off. And that, <laughs> so that takes us to this whole thing of texting. And it's true. Teenagers use texting more than any other mode of whatever communication I guess Um, the study of more than 408th and 11th graders found that many teenage texters had a lot in common with compulsive gamblers including losing sleep because of texting problems cutting back on texting and lying to cover up the amount of time they spent texting that's scary I mean, it's crazy. And these are really good questions to ask your kid and maybe ask yourself. But what is your relationship with phone use? Do you feel anxious when it's not around them? When they sit down to eat dinner with their family, do they feel a need to check it? Do they feel compelled to look at it at all times rather than just answering texts they get? Which is interesting, right? You're constantly checking as if you wouldn't know if a text came in. (laughs) Um, But you're still checking. Girls text compulsively at a far higher rate than boys (laughs) do, which is not surprising. Um... But the surprising part was that it affected girls' grades more. Yeah, way more. Boys were not at risk, and the girls were. So that 
I this to me was what was so upsetting about it. But I guess it makes sense. The giant distraction. So it was a study in the psychology of popular media culture, which I feel like I need to go check out that publication. I was I've just going to say I've it. never heard of that. Um, a 2014 study found the more time Black and Hispanic teenagers spent on Facebook, the lower their math scores were. Other studies have found that college students who text while doing homework had lower grades, and students who texted during class took less detailed notes. That makes sense. And for recall. I don't think that texting during homework is the only distraction. I mean, kids are watching TV, they're listening to music, they're texting. Well, it says excessive internet use has also been linked to sleep problems because they log in at night and it interferes with their homework. But... It sounds like just an overall dependence. Direct school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It doesn't say if there's a direct correlation. Like, oh, that's a problem with all these studies, right? Because, like, what else is going on in the home? What else kind of is Richard? But in the classroom, it makes a lot of sense. If yeah. you're sitting there texting away or browsing the internet or doing anything else rather than taking notes, and you're, that's what you're doing. Well, I remember I used to have the alerts on my computer where every time I got a Facebook notification, it would pop up in the corner and make a noise. And I really didn't think it was distracting me because I like to fool myself. And then I read a study that said that it took your brain 10 to 15 seconds to transition from one thing to the next, mm-hmm. which is fine if you're only transi- transitioning like once every half hour but if you know every minute if you're you're, constantly going back and forth I have that like I'll start to write an email and then I see a notification come in from something I need and I go there and I get that or Facebook and then I get distracted by something on Facebook and then I close that so now Twitter opens Mm -hmm. and now I'm reading my Twitter feed and 20 minutes later I go back to my email and I go oh my god I never finished this email well that's why now what I do I, I turned off all of the alerts on my computer and I just like I'll take a dedicated social media break, you know, where like every half hour I'll just, I'll devote 10 minutes to checking that. And I'm probably spending the same amount of time checking it. I haven't Mm -hmm. reduced the total time, but I'm not switching back and forth. So the thing that I'm doing for that half an hour is getting my full attention. It really helps. I have zero alerts on my computer. Except for Google Chat, if someone wants to get hold of me that way, but that's it. I wonder the texting thing, though. I mean, is it because texting is so immediate? You know, that that it's so intrusive and so immediate because an email, you have to physically go see your email, right? A text just comes through on your phone. You get an alert that you have a text. Is is that why kids feel compelled to answer them so quickly? No, kids don't use email. This is what they use, right? So kids don't use email anyway. And, you know, one of the things they said here, which was really interesting, was they were thinking that girls focus more on relationships. So Mm -hmm. their texts are more emotionally laden and they have more anxiety tied Mm -hmm. to them. So that is part of that's why they think it's affecting girls more than boys, that when they're texting, it's a much more engaged, deeper, deeper thing. They're actually like have this having a conversation yeah and it's causing them anxiety if they don't and they want to answer and respond right away and then hear back right away too because otherwise like and then if they don't hear back they feel hurt and then they're checking their phone all the time to see why that person hasn't checked back so i think it's just the natural extension of how girls have always been like Mm -hmm. i remember writing notes in class high maintenance we would write notes to like give you know you pass your note at the end of with class the to your other friend with the check boxes and sometimes we had a little key in the corner that you oh rip off God. and write everyone's name as numbers so that like God forbid the note was found no one would know who you're talking about. Um, we spent just as much time doing that and certainly not paying attention yeah. in class. I mean, I remember even with my boyfriend in high school, like we we switch we'd see each other in the staircase, like going up and mm-hmm. down, and we'd pass notes to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you did. That's what you looked forward to. I can't even imagine if I was texting. But then the distractions went away when. You you got home like unless you got a phone call that no. was it once I had my own phone line like that was the epitome of everything was having your own phone line oh, yeah. I was on the phone for hours hours 
Fiona does that. She's a little bit of a throwback. Not so much mm. with the texting. She'll stay on the phone for hours with her, her best friend. She doesn't have her own phone line, so thank God that cell phone you know, oh, minutes yeah. are unlimited now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, my parents actually probably actually knew how long it was on the phone for. But yeah, we we had my sisters and I. My mother had her line and then my sisters and I shared our our own phone line, so we had to duke it out. I mean, I guess the difference is you were on with one person, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes two and you could do three-way calling, which was so exciting. Sometimes you didn't tell the other yeah, person there was somebody on. Right. So like all these things that we talk about now just with technology, we all did in a different way. I mean, we, I, we did the most that we could do at the we time. Did. And we I did my homework in front of the TV. I totally was on the phone way too late. Yep. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I will say, though, that wasn't true in college. So what's interesting to me is when I went to college, because there was just one phone in your dorm room or whatever it was, like, I what, you were much more disconnected and I, I, um, no, I do studying. Th- I, I, I do know. think it all goes back to the switching, because I remember a study that showed that um, – the reason that Mr. Rogers was so great for children was that it was very long scenes without camera cuts, and that affected the way that their brains developed. Mm-hmm. So these other shows, it's not that you know Mr. Rogers was was more educational; it was just the visual and the and, pacing and the pacing. And so I, I think it really goes back to if you're on a phone call for three hours with a friend, at least that's one thing. It's not you know a text here and a phone right. call here, and then the TV show and the radio, and, and you yeah. didn't have the anxiety related yeah. to it. I guess that's what it is because you weren't always waiting for something to come in. I mean, you know, if you wait by the phone, that's oh. what everyone used to say. Nobody waits by the phone anymore. But, um... Oh, my God, and pick it up to make sure that there's a dial tone. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> How many times did I pick up the phone going, he didn't call, is my phone right. working? Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our that's our take on mobile etiquette. I guess the takeaway really is to just talk to your kid and make sure that they, you know, the relationship they have with their phone is one that and take it away. Yeah, that, take yeah. It, away. it take goes it beyond talking. Like if your if your kid like one of the things in the study was that kids weren't sleeping well because they were getting notifications in the yeah. middle of the well, night. Take the phone away. That should phone be should be away. Well, yeah. you know, I have to say, Jake takes his upstairs because he reads it before bed, which I know is bad, but he has no sleeping problems and he gets up on time. So, like, as long as there's no problem, right. I'm okay with it. And he he turns the alerts off at night. So as long as like he wants to, it, well, he does. Like right. we, we, so as long as there's no problem. But if your kid is getting woken up in the middle of the night by alerts and isn't sleeping well, then you have a problem, and then you have to step in and take it away. You are yeah. in control. You could also just turn the Wi-Fi off because they don't need that to read. Yeah, once the book is downloaded, that's true. So right, but that. then aren't they? I mean, you could still work on cellular. Yeah, but then I'd yeah. know. Yeah, then I would see it in the bill. Then you definitely see. Yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, with all this texting and everything you're doing, <laughs> are you printing too? Oh, yeah. Uh, because today we are talking about LD products. So, we already we talked about this last week because we were talking compared to the razor blade model, where mm-hmm. like they give you basically the razor for free and then you're stuck buying the blades forever. So, yep. I learned recently that's what printer companies do, which oh, is why yeah. printers yeah, are cheap. Cheap so printer, cheap. $79 like, printer, yeah, and so they excited. own you. You're yep. like, woohoo, my printer was so cheap. How is that possible? I'll tell you why, because now you're stuck buying ink. <laughs> so, we talked about this last week. You don't go to car dealerships to buy gas. So, why are you going to printer manufacturers to buy ink and toner? LD Products. It's L like Lion and D like David. Um, the ink and toner experts offer quality alternative at a fraction of the cost. You can save up to 70% off expensive name brands. So it's like 
if you are at Costco and you get the Kirkland brand of tuna fish, <laughs> they are the LD brand of the same ink that you love in your printer. They've been in business for 16 years. They ship more than 6 million cartridges a year. So you know they're doing it right. They have U.S.-based customer service seven days a week from their 110,000 square foot, like super green, ultra lead building in California. So here's the other thing. They have a lifetime customer satisfaction guarantee on all LD brand cartridges. That's the ones they make. You can return it for any reason. I went on the site. I was kind of shocked at how cheap the ink was because mm -hmm. they also carry the name brands. And even those, they discount. But then you see the price of their brand. And I can't imagine buying ink anywhere else. I mm -hmm. actually just ordered a truckload of it. Um, I ordered a whole new set for my Laser Pro printer. So we have a special offer for Parenting Bites listeners. Get free shipping and an additional 10% off ink and toner at ldproducts.com. Use promo code PARENTING at checkout. Do that so they know you heard about it here on our podcast. And so that you get the discount. Yeah, and then get your discount. The offer is valid through December 31st this year, 2015. Excludes OEM. I don't know what that means, but I have to say it. Free shipping to the contiguous U.S. So check them out at ldproducts.com and let us know what you ordered. We actually had a friend who did just that. She was like, mm -hmm. this is the best thing ever. So yep. use it. Parent ldproducts.com. Use code parenting. All right. Second topic. Kind of like the first. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kind of touched on it a little bit. So this article in HuffPo of like what happened to Gen Xers and now they're the worst parents ever. That's basically I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what it said. Um, had the you know just the description of Gen Xers as we grew up. Amy and I are definitely Gen Xers. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're in between. I'm not. I'm really not. I think I'm like the tail end of the baby boom. But you're really tail end. Yeah. Really, very tail end. Yeah, like, like a, the baby boom is like a bizarre stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because now we've got Gen X, Gen Y. You know, like all these smaller. They're very small, yeah. smaller slices. I feel like I'm kind of in the middle, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I related to what she was saying in this article. I don't know if you guys did. I related, we've, look, we've had this discussion before. We've had Lenore Skenazy on, talking about free-range kids. Like, we've talked about that we've all grew up a much more free child than our children are now. Yeah. Um, playing outside, you know, how weird it is that no one sends their kids to the playground anymore. But, like, her... It's I, illegal. I sort of hate <laughs> the idealized version of, like, our crappy-ass, like, you know, playground equipment that we had that was like metal and sharp and awful. Like it was awful. It and was. Sharp. And it was it, hot. You yeah, burnt your butt on it, it every time and, you went down the slide. And yet, studies have shown consistently that we got hurt a lot less because we learned how to take risks intelligently. Um, we didn't have like these stupid soft surfaces that kids think they can jump onto and then they get hurt. We had concrete. We knew to be careful. Some so, of us did. Well, there were always people broke their wrists. Well, there always were. There <laughs> always I mean, were, but there are a lot more emergency room visits now from playgrounds than there were in the seventies. Maybe parents just take their kids to the emergency room. That, that could also <laughs> be that. Like, that could fine. also be it. They but there's also a on last week like that. We're like, get up, you're fine. Yeah. Your legs behind your head. It's okay. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. You know, it's like you're fine. Move on. Shake it off. Or is it? Oh my God, are you okay? Should we go to the? You know, like it really all depends on how a parent handles it. But you know, parents also. 
back in the day. You know, we didn't have a car. We grew up in the city. But when we went in a car, I remember literally my two sisters, my three cousins, and I all shoved in the back of a station wagon. Yeah. You know, no seatbelts, no nothing. Right, which was stupid. With because, my parents smoking. Because you know? that death has actually gone down substantially. And yeah. car accidents were one of the leading causes of death for kids yeah. and adults because no one wore seatbelts. Certainly lung cancer. And cigarettes. I used to buy my mother cigarettes. I think mm-hmm. I've told me this too. story on before. Because my mom, you know, decided it was she didn't want to leave me in the car alone. So I'm the one who ran into the bodega to get the cigarettes. Marlboro Lights, carton, please. But it just um, was more of a, there wasn't this thought process of every single thing we do, I need you to be safe and out of harm's way. But I also wonder if it wasn't so much that as, so for me, and and for you, Amy, our parents were boomer generation that were responding to the Depression era mm-hmm. generation who were, you know, very thrifty, had lived through two wars. And, like, they, they were basically the me generation, right? It was me, me, me. And, you know, in my parents' generation, the divorce rate was incredibly high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, people were, you know, going to Est and finding themselves right. and going and to communes. Spouse swapping. And, yeah, spouse swap. <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever it was, they were doing a lot of pot for the, for, you know, my parents' generation is the first generation that did a lot of drugs. And it was the 60s. And they were very, I don't know if it was like they were so, like, we trust you kids as, like, they just were doing their own thing. They yeah. really were a self-absorbed generation in a different way. And it's not not judgmentally saying that. I'm saying, like, that's sort of what their generation went through. Yeah. And it was reflected in their parenting. And I don't think it made them less caring, loving parents. I just think, boy, were they dealing with stuff. Well, <laughs> like, I think you just, you actually hit on the root of the problem. Because when you read blog posts about this and when you talk to to people who would self-identify as helicopter parents, I think they really, really do believe that the amount of time that you spend with your children correlates to how much you love them. Right. Which is something that just, no, I'm sorry. That's that. It's just not true. And I think that then feeds into this thing of, you know, it's my job to keep you safe all of the time or I'm not a good mother. But don't you think that's from our generation growing up not feeling particularly safe? But that's the thing, like how, like half of us took our childhoods and went, hey, that was the way to raise kids. We turned out independent and great. And then the other half said, oh my God, I can't believe I was raised like that. I need to do the opposite with my children. But I do think that's true. I think a lot of us grew up and we're like, oh my God, I can't believe I grew up on Stouffer's chicken pot pie and Kraft macaroni and cheese. I ate every chemical known to man. Yum. I ate more bologna than known to man. Like things I would never feed my children um, were, but that was very typical in the 70s. Yet, None of us were obese, and there's the obesity problems <laughs> yeah. now, yep. right? Yep. Kids are morbidly obese. Yeah, um, I think you guys are right. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with this is how I was raised, and I didn't particularly love it. And my child is going to have it better. I'm going to, and also, right. you know, a lot of people, um, parents today. Their focus is their child. But that's you know, the problem. They're it's not the working, w- and their focus is really but my the moms weren't main. Working then either now, my mom. Was. I think more moms. You know, it was when they women started. started joining the workforce. Right. I remember coming home in the city. I walked home from elementary school. I had a younger sister um, and an older sister. Our job literally was, you know, there were no microwaves. If I did not have scrubbed baked potatoes in the oven at five o'clock. 
they weren't going to be ready for dinner. And that was my job because you couldn't just throw it in the microwave. My mother wasn't home and we had to help. And, you know, I didn't take away from that and say, oh, my God, my son's never going to have to cook dinner. You know, I wanted him to have a sense of responsibility and he can cook. But I think a lot of people react to that and say, oh, my child's not going to have to do that. But maybe because they resented doing it. So here's maybe. So maybe that's that's my question is. You know, moms started to really enter the workforce in the 70s in a big way, um, and certainly the 80s, but they had no support. Like, we talk about balance now. Right. They were, there was, wasn't even maternity leave. Mm-hmm. So now I think moms are working more than ever. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're home and they're hovering. I think it's what, to your point, Amy, I think moms have guilt mm-hmm. that they're now working because they really are working and really developing careers and really have a path, and we're talking about these things all the time. So now when you're with your kid, you feel like you have to be up their butt mm-hmm. all the time and on top of it, or somehow you're failing, right? Because God forbid your kid messes up or fails. And people say, like, oh, my kid can't bother my kid. He's doing his mm-hmm. homework, so he can't help load mm-hmm. the dishwasher because his homework's so important, right? Because all of a sudden, it's like the mom guilt this other way, whereas I think when moms stay, were stay-at-home, in the 70s, 60s, or they were working, but maybe they were working part-time, or maybe they were working. It just yeah. wasn't the same as, like, the There was career. nothing to feel guilty about. Yeah, you didn't they feel could guilty. just, you know, get their highball and go, you know, spend time <laughs> with adults and not feel weird about it. Right, not yeah. as bad. Mm-hmm. And, and I do wonder if it's that, too. But I do also think that Andrea hit on the magic phrase, I want, I want it to be better for my child. When did we decide that that way was better, that yeah. hovering was better? That's the problem. People, they think it's better, even though there is not a single study that backs them up. I think, well, look, I do think the pressures of today are completely different. I mean, my daughters are applying to high school right now. Amy, mm-hmm. your son just started high school. When I applied to high school in this very same city and took the very same test my children are about to take in two weeks, I literally told my parents the night before, I think you have to drive me to go take that test tomorrow. Yeah. I think it's tomorrow and I have to find the address. Like, And it was your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah. was it my responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea how much it was my responsibility. And like, I didn't care. There was no test prep. Like, the yeah. first standardized test that was given in New York City back then was in fifth grade, and it was totally like a whatever. Like, it didn't mean anything. We all showed up at school one day and were given two number two pencils and took right. a standardized test. I think the pressures are so mm-hmm. much greater, and all you read about is how hard it is to get into college and how hard it's going to be to find a job after. And how and that's the pressure that parents put on their kids. Yes, but they're feeling it from everywhere yeah. in a much different way, I think, than than our parents did. I don't think it was the same. You could still have a factory job when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. You really could have a high school education and find a good middle-class job mm-hmm. um, and support your family, which a lot of families were doing then. So you didn't, that whole, everything's different now, right? Your economic pressure, how expensive everything is to live, mm-hmm. what that means, it's so different for our generation, I think. Those yeah. jobs are gone. Right. And yet, I don't see how helicopter parenting is helping solve any of that, so cut it out. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think it's helping solve it. I just think it's a symptom of yeah. the social anxiety. Well, and I think it's raising kids who, you know, were told they were the best, they were great, they got their trophies, they were always the best at everything. If you're not the best, you don't have to be on this team anymore. Yeah, the participation and you can, trophy, where did you know, that happen? Yeah, like yeah. that, please. When I moved to the suburbs and my son got a trophy simply for being on a team, I was like, are you kidding yeah, me? Give it back. How about giving it to me? Because I got here in time <laughs> to drive him every week 
and bring those stupid snacks yeah. that I hated. So, I, you know, and then the kid gets out in the real world. They, they go to college. They're no longer the big fish. And then they go in the real work world. And it's like, what? You don't think I'm the best? You don't think everything I say is yeah. pearls of wisdom? And it's a real shock to them. The, the anecdotal evidence is just building and building. You know, I have friends who are college professors who are just amazed at how easily kids crumble mm-hmm. when you criticize them because they've just never encountered They've never it. had that. Yeah. I don't know. My feeling is that there have always been parents like that, and we've all known them, and there have always been parents the other way. And like, You don't think it's worse now? I, I don't think know if it's, it's worse, worse or if we're talking about it more than ever. I just don't know. Or I see it more. I mean, when I see a, a kid going off in a post office, pulling everything down, playing with things, and a mom, instead of saying, stop, stand right here, you know, whatever, she says, oh, don't do that. The man is going to get mad at you. The man is going to get mm. mad at you. It's like, forget about the man. Yeah. Get Mom's mad at your mad. own kid. Mom's yeah. mad. And I just want to wring their neck. Hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I I don't know. I I hate generational generalizations um, because I remember how our generation was generalized in the beginning mm-hmm. um, when we first graduated from college into one of the worst job markets in 20 years when we graduated mm-hmm. and Reality Bites was the number one oh, movie love and that movie. Slacker and that's how we were defined and we were supposed to be that generation of Slacker and, and Reality look at Bites. how you prove them wrong and, the whole, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying and the whole and then like hello internet so well I'm I hoping just, that they're wrong I'm hoping I'm hoping they're wrong too and these kids will figure it out or at least maybe tell their parents to F off for a little bit um, all right that's it for topic two. We'll take. I think we have to take that up another time. But, yeah. <laughs> but we never solve any problems. We just bring up more. We'll have to bring up some. We'll have to bring on some helicoptered kids. We have to bring mm. up some kids other than our own on Ooh. to maybe talk about it. Because yours aren't helicoptered. No, no, mine want to be. My children <laughs> climb back in the womb if they could. Yeah, I All think right. my daughter would too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our second sponsor today is Plated, which we've, I can't even just, I mean, we've talked about Plated so much, it's ridiculous. I just got the recipes in my inbox on my way here, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that looks so good. So between kids, career, commutes, all those dinners that you used to actually have the time to make and think about and be proud of and serve on nice plates, those days are gone. But you can get them back without doing all of that work and without doing some frozen ball of yuck that you nuke for a few minutes. So here's our advice. Plated. Plated is for busy people who love cooking but have zero time for shopping. So go to plated.com parenting and choose from amazing chef-designed recipes with new selections every week to fit everyone's taste. Truly, everyone's taste. There's so many choices. And there are. There's new. I mean, something always catches my eye when always. I look at it. I know. Amy did dessert. Mm-hmm. So uh, that sounded really Desserts good. Desserts were good. Next, the uh, culinary pros at Plated lovingly fill a refrigerated box with just the perfect pre-portioned ingredients for dinner. If the recipe calls for a half teaspoon of crushed red pepper, that's what's included. Nothing is wasted. Even teeny tiny glasses of like little wine and little vinegar. <laughs> it's so cute. Everything's delivered to your door. Fresh meat, poultry, fish, farm fresh veggies, spices, everything you need on the day you choose. If you're not home, no worries. Your Plated box keeps everything fresh until midnight on the day it arrives. So, here's what you're going to do. You're going to hurry over to plated.com slash parenting now. Get a free dinner for two with your first purchase. So, you got to buy some, and then you get two more free. So, that's a free dinner for two with purchase. Go to plated.com slash parenting. I'm going to say it one more time. Plated.com slash parenting. Really, you should just know by now, because I think this is like week six. And we're happy they're still with us because it's kind of a fun, awesome thing. 
So check it out, share pictures, let us know what you made, and we're eager to hear it. And now we have our Bites of the Week. Amy, are you going first? I can go first. And um, <laughs> you're actually partly responsible for mine. Um, oh, no. Because you tagged me in a Facebook post about an article on Slate about um, the episode Lisa the Vegetarian from The Simpsons oh. from 1995. <laughs> and then uh, the same day that you did that, my husband came home from work and said, did you see the article about Because like, he knows that it's one of my all-time She's favorite episodes. She's such a episodes. Gen Xer, that Lisa she Simpson. She really, really is, um, even though she never actually gets old enough right. to be. Um but the, so my bite of the week is that episode, Lisa the Vegetarian, because I've mentioned many times on the show that I'm a vegetarian. I'm not the militant one that they're really dealing with in the episode because I became a vegetarian when I was a little kid. So it's just how I grew up. My hippie parents, my hippie, uh, hippie 60s parents. But um, <laughs> it's it's just a really great episode about um, how to deal with people who have different beliefs than you do. And uh, go watch it. It's very and sweet. And McCartney's are in it. Uh, Paul and Linda McCartney are I in love it. That. Yeah, and uh, I didn't know this till I read the Slate article. But apparently, if you play, they they play that. They say that if you play the song backwards that they mention in the episode, it gives a recipe for a really rockin' lentil stew. I think that's <laughs> it. What? Soup. And and Linda's lentil soup. And they say that if you actually play that backwards. You will hear Paul reading the recipe, so I have to try oh that. God. Yeah, I'm going to like it because I have. We watched the episode last night. Of course, we have it recorded. We never delete it from our, our DVR. So I'm going to record it and then play it backwards and let you know next week if it works. Let us know. Yeah. Gosh. No, don't make friends with salad. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying a new gadget. Uh, it's the Moto 360 second generation. And I'm doing this because, Amy, you and I have talked a lot about the Microsoft Band. Yep. Um, and I just saw the new Microsoft Band last week at the Microsoft Windows 10 Still event. Still not waterproof. I know. But it's curved. But we'll talk about yes. that when I get one in to show you guys. But I'm wearing the Moto 360 second Ooh, gen I like watch. That. And Gorgeous. the reason I've chosen this is because this is really the first smartwatch designed by a woman. It looks like a real watch. And yeah. made by a woman. Okay, so I find it still a little big for my wrist. We'll take yeah. a picture or we'll Although periscope or something. Like, yeah. Women are wearing men's watches. It's a little big. I like it because I'm also one of the few women in this world whose um, wedding and engagement rings are yellow gold. I just mm. prefer yellow gold. And so the rose gold... Um, um, outside the is really something that appeals to bezel? me. Bezel is that what the it's bezel? Um, yeah. Well, the bezel's like the top, and then this part has the a name which completely gold. escapes me it's right now. Beautiful. Um, but you can get interchangeable bands. Not loving the color of this yeah, one. It's kind of a band. light. Oh, see, I think that that kind of light pink, what a coral, whatever it is, yeah, goes well with I just the rose think gold. It doesn't go with my skin though. But ah. you can get different colors. And <laughs> the other thing that they're doing is they're going to have the wraparound like my uh, I what that. I wear on my other wrist, so it's kind of like a loop through. Um, so it's more feminine. It's mm -hmm. not a leather watch strap. It's not big and bulky. Um, and it's also really easy because it just has one button. Mm. So everything is swipes up and down through the stuff. And it's very easy to use. And then it's one button. There's not all kinds of different buttons. So the Moto 360 second generation starts at about $299, depending on what configuration you get. But I have to say, I'm liking it. Nice. I, I like think it. it's attractive. It's very pretty. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so my bite of the week is another podcast. It's always a podcast, of course. right? <laughs> um, so I am a total history freako. Um, 
it was my double part of my double major in college. But I really, really, really love New York history. Um, part of it probably because I grew up in a very historical part of Brooklyn and had teachers who were very into telling us that Revolutionary War soldiers were buried beneath our feet. <laughs> um, so I am going to recommend the Bowery Boys podcast. If you Ooh. are a New York history geek like I am, um, even if you're not, because you can look through every episode, they take one part of New York history, and it's only one podcast every two weeks because that's how much research and work they do, hmm. and they dive down. So from everything from the history of Sardi's Restaurant to the history of Broadway um, to the history of the George Washington Bridge or... Um, you know, the Yiddish theater or how Brooklyn, how the five boroughs became incorporated and became New York City. I mean, so cool. it's so cool. And you will never look at the streets of New York City. If you come here, I highly recommend it if you're a tourist and you're coming, just as some general history about where you're staying. You can hear the history of Times Square. They had a whole one on um, the Ladies Mile, which is the stretch of 6th Avenue from 14th Street to 23rd mm. Street, which is now like Bed Bath & Beyond and Old Navy. <laughs> but if you listen to this podcast and you step back on the street and look up you will see how exquisite hmm. those buildings are they are made out of iron and they are painted white and they were the painted ladies like these I oh, am there all cool. the time I never look up look up yeah. look, go outside and look up and you will see how just spectacular these buildings are hmm. um, so and they were the original department stores hmm. in New York City oh. it's where Macy's was it's where all that Macy's is where Urban Outfitters is now <laughs> so um, so I highly recommend the Bowery Boys and what's nice is there each episode is its own little thing so you can just see the things you're specifically interested in Ooh, and um, like the plague um, so, or the great <laughs> fire or the history of the fire department um, so that is it for today you can check us out at facebook.com slash parenting bites b-y-t-e-s don't forget that on twitter hashtag parenting bites on itunes rate us review us we're trying to get to that magic number of 100 um, we're getting 100 there. reviews 100 reviews okay. that's what really helps in itunes we've been told so parenting bites on itunes two words to find us on itunes and on play.it you can find Parenting Bites and all the other Play It podcasts, which we kind of need to delve into a little bit. I think yeah. we haven't done enough. I never recommend other Play It podcasts. I There's a new dad that. podcast. There's a good dad yeah. podcast. We'll check that one out. Um, and that's it. Until next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.